Welcome to the Upside Up Podcast on this episode. Um, so those are like the major life events, but one that touched both of our lives congruently is uh, death. It was really tough, you know, and, and my grandfather also passed away the, the actually less than 48 hours later. And I got a car, I think the beginning of August. Uh, her name's Fiona. And uh, Fifi. Fifi, so far she's uh, she's been a good one. It was like Debbie knew I bought a car and she, she was, was like, mad. yeah, she was mad at me. I opened the hood, sure enough, there was still an engine in there. And now, here's your host, Jeremy Neus and Garrett Horn. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. Welcome one and all to the Upside Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Neus. I'm joined by the type of guy who takes local radio hosts, Garrett Horn. How are you, buddy? I'm good. That was an interesting intro. That was the best I could come up with. The whale's running dry. But that does surprise me that you can text local radio hosts. Yeah. Don't reveal any names. Stop. He might listen. No, he wouldn't listen. (laughs) There's no way he would listen. I think he's actually pretty good. It's just that turn off your mic. That's all I'm saying. Turn off your mic. It's not rude. It's just the truth. All right, we have a deeper episode uh, to delve into today, so uh, let's get started. It has been a while for since we've last recorded. I think our last one was in May. I was about to graduate. I, I mean, graduating from college is such a distant memory now that it's hard to believe it was only, what, four, four three uh, months ago? Yeah, about three and a half months ago. Yeah. I mean, uh, so much has happened in that time, and so I thought it would just be a good time for you and I to catch up with the people. We haven't forgot about y'all at all. It's just life has certainly gotten in the way, uh, especially as of late. So, what are we doing again? Yeah, it's called a podcast. Oh, yep, yeah. We we sit in front you of you. Just two kidnapped me and brought me here. Yeah, well, that's the only way I can get <laughs> you here. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but there's a country song that's on the radio right now. It's kind of a hit. And it's called, I think it's called Life Changes. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Nope. Okay. Well, it's by, uh, I think it's by Thomas Rhett. And he talks about his life, actually, in the song. I think it's a pretty cool <gasps> you know, song. No, I have heard that song. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that song. I think it's pretty cool because... He references his own songs. Yeah. It's like Song Inception. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not like a typical country song where, you know, they're just singing about some random girl that they don't even know. I mean, they're actually, he's actually talking about his life and real conversations he's had. And that's uh, pretty cool. But one of the lines in it says, ain't it funny how life changes? And uh, that that's pretty much been my life, at least in the last three months. And if I think back to the last time we recorded, how different my life was then to now. So um, we talked about graduation. So I graduated, had a pinning ceremony in the graduation. You, my friend, were there and uh, for the uh, pinning ceremony. And uh, those were great events. And then after I graduated, it was time to start job hunting. How'd that go? That was uh, that was wild. It was difficult and frustrating because, you know, they tell us when you graduate, you know, there's jobs out there for us. And then as a physical therapist, it's not supposed to be that hard. And it's not really that hard to find a job. It's hard to find a good job. And that's, I guess, the first thing that I learned. Um, and But I was blessed enough to get a good job offer at a, as a PRN position, which is where you... Uh, start out kind of on call is the best way I know to put it. And you don't have like a set schedule every week. Some weeks you might work 40 weeks. Other, others, I think it was like the ma- the guarantee they would give me was 16 
or something like that. It's for a private practice that was going to work out. And then right before that happened, I get an email from where I work now, TOC. And uh, they were like, hey, we want to interview you. And uh, it was for a full-time position. Their benefits were great. And as much as I hated to turn down this other company, I ended up going there to TOC and uh, have been learning ever since. Are you glad you became a PTA? I am. It's a uh, it's a little bit different than I guess I imagined. Not necessarily in a bad way, um, but right now I'm just I'm just now getting my feet under me to where I can go into work and you know not feel stressed, really stressed going into work and that kind of thing, trying to learn a new job. So get back with me in a couple months and I'll probably give a better answer. But uh, the orthopedic world. It's a great place to learn. You see a lot of orthopedics. It's really driven home, like the protocols and all that type of stuff. But I do kind of miss seeing other diagnosis, like um, like Parkinson's patients and stuff like that, who I really enjoy treating. So do you actually um, use what you learned in school, or are you kind of taught what to do there at the facility? Because like, um, in a lot of fields, like accounting, I mean – I use some of what I learned and the concept and stuff, but most of what I learned in my job is just on-the-job training and learning about how we do business and stuff. So Sure. Well, yeah, I think it's very different from the accounting world because I do think, like you said, it's a very much so on-the-job training type thing. I could not do my job um, safely without the schooling. But there is a lot of acquired stuff. Like in term, the majority of my day, I take patients through exercises, right? A lot of those exercises, they don't really teach you in school. They reference them. You learn them in like one class. But a lot of what you learn is the anatomy of the body. So if you don't know the anatomy of the body, you don't know what exercises to do to strengthen the right muscles to help the patient. So from that point of view, and also, also what you learn later on in schooling about the different types of surgeries and stuff that you treat um the orthopedic patients like the knee replacements the uh rotator cuff surgeries the hip replacements all that kind of stuff it it takes a a good understanding of the uh, anatomy and what's going on in that surgery to really know how to help the patient so i would say that i really you you would have to have the schooling to do my job but there's definitely certain aspects that can be done without schooling so a little bit of both, but I think it's very different than the accounting world where you can, I, I, I think that I would, it, I would struggle without having accounting classes, but I feel like I could go to work with you and spend a year with you and figure out how to do your job, at least to some degree, mm-hmm. probably not with the same effectiveness that you can. But. Yeah. I mean, school, you definitely need school to get your foot in the door, but sure. I feel like once you've got your foot in the door, I mean, it's about what you want to do with it. Amen. So. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much every job, and that's that's how it is. My, you know, you get the foot in, you have the basics, and it's where you go from there. Depends on you know your path. So, anyway, so I'm working there, and that's been a blessing. It's been a, a learning experience for sure. The job hunt in and of itself was a learning experience. I was shocked, man, by how little I was interviewed. Like, I'm in the health field. Like, I can really hurt people if <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, and like the questions they asked me were very, very few. Like they just trust your schooling. Basically. I was pretty surprised by that. I was expected to go through a ringer, like what you talked about with your jobs, like your job interviews are super intense. And mine was like, how you doing? <laughs> I, I'm, I was surprised about that, but you know, I guess it's just, I don't know. 
I think it's the field, I guess. Yeah, they just trust that pedigree or that degree. Yeah, I guess so. so. And we're not dealing with millions of dollars. We're just dealing with humans. You know, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so got the job. Um, in a span of about eight weeks, I started a new job, passed my board exam. Um, I got a car, I bought car insurance, and I moved out. Eight weeks. That was pretty intense, pretty rough time. And I'm just in my second week out on my own. The apartment hunt was crazy. Since we last talked, um, Stephen came up to me around the 4th of July. I think it was like July 2nd or 3rd or something. And he said that this gentleman was going to be coming to Pepper Road, our congregation, and was going to start a preacher training program. And that um, we could room together if I was planning to, still planning to move out. And uh, I was like, you know, that's an interesting prospect. It was sooner than I wanted to move out. But that's a really good opportunity to share rent with somebody. And so... I got to know him. His name's Luke Caps, and we should have him on the episode soon, on the show soon. Excuse me. Um, but anyway, so we were looking for that for an apartment. He moved down. We didn't have an apartment yet, so he lived with Stephen. And uh, anyway, we eventually got one, and we moved in a week ago this past Saturday. Uh, I think it was like August seventeenth or nineteenth or something like that. So uh, been there. That's been quite the adjustment. I've lived in one house all my life. And I didn't really realize until now that that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never known what it's like to make another place your home. You will always dream of that house. Every time you dream, you will dream of being in that house. I do, I still dream about my house from Madison like 10 yeah. years later. So you never dream? Do you ever dream of the Lindsay Lane house? No. Every time I have a dream about like being at home with my family or something, yeah. it's always in that house. That's crazy. I, di- I didn't know that at all. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I know you've told me something about that, I think, but I, I guess I didn't realize how that you've never that you never dream of the of the new house. Yeah. That's the only house I've ever known the nor- the horns to have, so that's pretty cool. Um the car hunt, which we'll get more into that was pretty intense. Um I looked for a car for a very long time, probably 2 or 3 months. I was looking for a car when I when we recorded last. And I got a car, I think the beginning of August is when I finally bought a car. I got one from, that used to be Justin's, oddly enough. He sold it to somebody who used to go to church with us, and they sold it to me. Uh, her name's Fiona. and uh, Fifi. Fifi, so far she's uh, she's been a good one. And uh, she's all cleaned up nice now and uh, enjoying her. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about Debbie later on in the show. Uh, we're going to do an ode to Debbie, so there's a little tease there. Got some good stories that we'll share. Um, so those are like the major life events, but one that touched both of our lives congruently is uh, death touched both of our lives in this time period. Um, Papal, which was uh, Alyssa's and Amber's grandfather, uh, he passed away. He, the details of it kind of foggy to me uh, as to exactly what all went on uh, for it to occur, but definitely life-changing to me i've never really lost somebody like that before and so that was uh that what that was a substantial part of my life and i know it was for you too we were we were there together when it happened so yeah it was uh it was really tough you know and, and my grandfather also passed away the the actually less than 48 hours later right and it was 
from about from May to August was was pretty tough because we just kind of watched them slowly decline, and right. especially with um, Papa Ember's grandfather. I mean, they just couldn't figure out what was going on with him. Yeah, um, they never fully figured everything out, and um, it was just a very tough. That was a very tough week, and we're still struggling with that. But um, I. We're both confident that they're in a better place now, and right. um, that's you know helps you get through the day. Uh, but yeah, but we were. I think that um, if they could have picked how they went, this would have been the wave surrounded by yeah, family. Absolutely, so. absolutely. It was a it was a beautiful thing to see somebody of God um, go on uh, to another life, and you know that's I, like I said, I never experienced that before. Lot changed my life, um, for sure. It makes you think of things in a different way, um, and I needed that. So, anyway, uh, that definitely t- touched both of our lives. It was really hard for me, man, to watch you go through that. It was hard for me to watch Alyssa. It was hard for me to watch Amber, Mr. Lance, just go through that um, with Papaw. But then to watch you try to be strong through that, be strong for Amber, and then the same thing happens to you. So, a lot of respect for for you was gained in my eyes not that you needed any more <laughs> respect but um i think you handled that about it the best as you possibly could and uh it was quite the quite the struggle so proud of you that was hard appreciate that yeah man um at the end of the song that we referenced earlier it says life uh life changes ain't it funny how life changes and at the end of the course it says i wouldn't change it for, but i wouldn't change it for the world i think is the way he phrases it I was thinking about that as I was preparing this episode, and I don't know that I would go that far. But what I would say is that the life changes that I've been going through and that you've experienced, you've experienced a lot of these things before I did, and you've watched me do them. And uh, I don't know that I wouldn't change anything, but I definitely see the value. And uh, I think that's a lot of what this show is about, trying to live upside up in the upside down world. We see the world being so upside down and we're trying to live the best we can. And yet, you know, we're not perfect in that, but you know, I don't, I don't like that phrase. I wouldn't change it for the world, but, uh, I think that there's a lot of value that both of us have learned in the last three months or so. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't change anything, but absolutely. I, yeah. I agree that, you know, you learn a lot of lessons and with it's the way that life has to be I guess is how you put it so you make the best of it right and uh, you take those lessons with you and uh, take them with the rest of your life so uh, good stuff there uh, so yeah a lot's been going on in our lives that's pretty much why we haven't recorded <laughs> I've in my free time I've spent time with Alyssa or I've been job hunting or I've been practicing or studying for my board exam or I've been apartment hunting or <laughs> you know the things that happen with the grandfathers that were in and around our lives so lots going on but uh on a on a light-hearted note the clash of the wits is back it is nine to eight uh steven winning last week justin to my knowledge did not get us a joke this time he's had a lot going on in his life as well um but steven provided us with one so let's hear it steven i gotta tell you i don't understand why they couldn't see that communism would be a failure I mean, there were red flags everywhere. Dear me. Oh, my. I think I've heard that one before. So, I mean, otherwise, it's <laughs> funny, but I've already heard it. I've so never it's a heard little that. Tainted. But, uh, 
you know Stephen would come with a political joke. Yep. That was that was quite on par. That's <laughs> pretty good. All right. Thank you, Stephen, for sending that in to us. Hopefully next time we'll have uh, a competition between the two. Uh, but again, life has been crazy. So uh, that would be the explanation for that. All right. Moving on to the, to our second topic of the day. Um, I, I entitled it An Ode to Debbie. And I think that it... it I have to tell the story on the podcast of that car. That car, I don't know. How would you describe Debbie? Um, old. Yeah, okay. I like it. Yes, that that is true. Very old. Um, she had a lot of miles on her. When I sold her, I think she had 259,000 miles. She was on her second transmission. I did not put the second transmission in there. She got that before I oh, got wow. it. And, uh, so I've been, and it's, it's been a clunker of a transmission too. Like it would, when you'd shift gears sometimes actually almost hit Alyssa one time because she was backing up and like she was going out of a parking lot and she went behind my car and she was kind of close to my car. I popped mine in reverse. I had my foot on the brake, supposedly stopped. I popped mine in reverse just to, so that I can let my foot off the brake when she goes by. And my car like bucks and it like comes close oh, to hitting her. Man. And I mean like, what are you gonna do? Anyway, clunker of a transmission. But um so the start of the story is it came from a family friend. Um it was a Ford two thousand one Ford Taurus, white, paint chips. It was only an O one. O one. I'd guess like it was a ninety six or something. Oh yeah. Nope, not a ninety six, but uh an O one and it came from a family friend from Tennessee they were really kind they basically just gave me uh that car because they uh they moved and they didn't uh, need this extra car they had already had two cars they didn't want to take the third one so they parked it at a mechanic shop for roughly six months to a year I don't know exactly how long um but it just sat there and if you don't know anything about cars cars are it's not good for them just to sit things go bad and uh i think you'll you'll learn that when i first started driving her i noticed uh we need new rotors which i didn't let me back up one step i knew nothing about cars <laughs> nothing i knew how to drive them that's it um so when i started to brake, there was like this shimmy and i was like dad what's that and i was like needs new rotors and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, then we also knew that it had a faulty driver's side window. Said He said that in the cold it wouldn't really work, but during the summer it was fine. So I was like, okay, whatever. Didn't really know what the issue was, but whatever. That was pretty much that was pretty much the life of Debbie, whatever. So um, the first major mishap that happened, I was, I was 17 when I got her, I think. And uh, when I started college, after one of the – one or two classes like class days I was going on Tuesdays and Thursdays my first semester I noticed that she would shake a lot when I would drive down the highway and I was like well that's odd why are we shaking so much but I this isn't a highway that I had frequent until now so I was like well I don't know so I mentioned it to dad and he was like yeah we should probably take it in see if something's going on so it turns out it needed like new ball joints or something yeah. like that uh, I want to say there's like CV joints is that is that right I don't have a clue. I don't know anything about cars. Okay. Well, regardless, <laughs> it needed a lot of front end axle type work. Um, it needed new tires. And uh, so we had a lot of work done to the front end. I think it was like over a thousand dollars that we ended up having to put into the car, tires and everything, labor. Um, but she was good to go, quote unquote. 
Well, um, the next thing that happened, I don't know how long it had been after this, but it was cold outside, and I noticed my heater is not warm at all. Oh, no. So the heater had gone out, to which Mr. Lance and I had to replace, um, and we spent an afternoon on Saturday, or I guess a morning on, on a Saturday doing that, in the winter, of course, because when else would you have to replace the heater? Um, let's see what else I overfilled the oil during an oil change one time. Um, and didn't realize that until after we had driven her a little bit. I think she started a lot. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think I just noticed like it was acting weird. And so I checked the oil and it was over and I was like, Oh boy. And, uh, (laughs) so I think Justin actually helped me with that one because I didn't know exactly. I don't know. I was, I was stupid with cars, man. I didn't know what I was doing. I've learned a lot and that's the (laughs) the important thing. That's the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else? The water pump, it went out twice. Um, one time, we took it to, I think, Top Line Tires, and they replaced it. And then, like, I don't know, like three or three to six months later, it went out again, and it had to be replaced. Um, the battery, of course, died in where else? The Walmart parking lot, because that's where batteries go to die. Well, that's lucky, though. They it, had batteries right I mean, there. yes. Um, I think Heather actually came and jumped me off and I took it to like an auto parts store or something like that. But shout out to Heather. That's right. She Heather. Okay. Shout out to Heather indeed. Cause she is Heather and Caleb have both come to my rescue more times than I can count. When I, like I call him like Debbie's doing this or I call Caleb and was like, I don't know what's going on with Debbie. This is, I try to describe it. He'd be like trying to diagnose over the phone. And so I really appreciate everything they've done to help me, as well as Mr. Lance, my dad, Justin. People have helped me with this this clunker of a car. Uh, don't buy a Ford. Don't buy a Ford. Yeah, but you got to think that Ford did get two hundred fifty nine thousand miles on, which is pretty good. Pretty good, but I've got a laundry list of like. Yeah, you probably spent more on her than if you would have just bought a car. Yes. So. Yeah, in the long run, absolutely. Um, let's see. One of the major issues that occurred. And wow, this was this was the biggie. Um, it was the day that the serpentine system like all died. They like all died at the same time. It seemingly um, it said no moss. And uh, I was in my first month of the PTA program, and we were doing this thing called Muscle Man. Muscle Man was where we had to buy a white turtleneck, white sweatpants white socks i remember this and draw on the bones of the the skeletal system and then the muscles that were um connected at certain bony landmarks and uh i hated this project and it was the it was the first time that it was due so you had to draw on the most we had to draw on the rib cage we had to draw on all kinds of stuff and i was really overwhelmed by it and so katie was helping me uh Shout out to her. So I was going over to her house one Friday. This is funny. I w- I think Thursday, I was super stressed about it. I talked to Katie. She was like, yeah, I can help you with it. And so I woke up and I remembered something that uh, Lance, Alyssa's dad, uh, said to me one time. He was like, you got to wake up and uh, be excited for the day, you know, get stuff done, that kind of stuff. And so I was trying to do that because I knew I was really stressed. So I was trying to attack it that way. I was like, today's going to be good. We're going <laughs> to handle this. I was super stressed about it. I jump in my car, take all my stuff over. I'm going to Katie's house, who lives like 17 minutes from my house. 
I'm I'm like a mile and a half or something from her house, and the car like dies <laughs> at a stop sign, and I open the hood and there's like smoke coming out. You know, it's just oh, it was man. perfect. The serpentine serpentine system had died, so Katie comes picks me up. Uncle Tony's at home, uh, where he works from home, but he was actually at home. He wasn't traveling, and so he spent a lot of his time trying to get me to where I could do something with this car um to get it fixed and i spent the majority of the day calling like mechanics and trying to do this muscle man in conjunction it was chaos well dad comes picks me up we try to drive it basically without a serpentine system so there was like no ac no power steering oh my because we had like no other choice unless we were going to get towed and so uh he drives it i'm driving his car and we would have gotten there, man. Actually, that we put a belt on it, but we knew the belt would break because the pulleys were broken. But we we're like, maybe we can get there. We would have gotten there, man. But I turned the wrong way on 72 to get to the place we were going. Oh. And I was like, oh, no. And he followed me. And we were going the wrong way. So now I'm trying to cross 72 traffic, and that's where the belt breaks. And it was just awful. It was awful. Just to push it? No. He drove it without the stuff. But it like tore up the power steering. It tore up everything oh, in the man. system. It was terrible. Um, so anyway, they they replaced the power steering. Like the uh, maybe the water pump. Maybe that was the second time the water pump went out. Um, what was the other thing? The AC compressor. All that had to be fixed, and the uh, power steering pump was faulty when they put it in the second time. So we had to take it back and get <laughs> another one in. Needless to say, we don't go to that mechanic anymore. It was. It was a terrible experience. Regardless, Debbie sur- eventually survives. Well, I was like, something still seems off with this car a couple weeks later, and I was driving back from school. So I take it by this mechanic shop again, and I described what's going on or whatever. And they look at it. Heather comes, picks me up. I go back in a couple hours. They say everything's good. Everything wasn't good, I'm sure, but regardless. Um, and they had rolled down the driver's side window. If you think back to the first point, yeah. the driver's side window doesn't work all the time. It wouldn't come back up. And the, the mechan- mechanic had? The mechanic uh, had rolled it down. I didn't tell him not to. I didn't think about it. And they couldn't get it back up. So I was like, what am I going to do now? So we thought it was the motor. Mr. Lance tries to help me replace the motor. Turns out it's not the motor. It's some relay somewhere. Mm-hmm. We like start jiggling cords, and eventually we get the window back up. And we're like, don't put it down ever. <laughs> well, um, it was probably just like a cheap fix to do it, but I just didn't want to hassle with it because I knew I wasn't going to be with the car much longer, um, much too too terribly longer. All right, what else happened? Uh, the coil pack went out as well as like need new spark plugs and spark plug wires, but it took us forever to figure out what the problem was. It would like do this thing where it would like idle really hard and it would be like it was dying. And then it would like come back up. And sometimes when I accelerate it, the car would just like buck as it was going down the road. This car, Debbie, (laughs) good night. Um, The fuel pump was the last major thing to go out on her. Um, I was working at CEI. I went to Subway to get some dinner, get some lunch on my lunch break. And she like just dies and I can't get her started again. Mr. Herbert has to come save the day. I don't even remember how all this went down but eventually we got back to cei <laughs> johnny lockaby uh who's a member of our congregation now uh he he fixed the fuel pump 
and uh, that was that was good. Heather had to come help me take my tire, or she had to come get my car from my first clinical rotation, which thankfully was like five minutes from her house, but I had to take my car to get the tire fixed because it had like a hole in the tire. I couldn't get the tires rotated and balanced one time when I went in because the they were such cheap tires that they wore weird because I had a bad front end alignment from a different <laughs> mechanic that did it. It was horrible. It's horrible. Well, she's gone now. Yeah, she's gone. Um, and then, oh, my la- my second clinical rotation, I had to drive back and forth to Tennessee from my house. It was like an hour drive to Lewisburg going 70 on the interstate. That was the bumpiest ride I've ever experienced. Like, she would shake when you got to about 68. <laughs> like, it was fine, fine, 65, 66, fine, 67, fine, 68. <laughs> um, so I had to experience that. And then finally, the last time I drove her, this this is the way that the Ode to Debbie has to end, right? The last time I drive her, I am going to go pick up Alyssa because we were going to go to the hospital to see Papaw. I had already bought Fiona, but I didn't have tags yet for it, and so and it needed a four wheel alignment before I you know did anything on my new tires on it. So I was like, I'll just drive Debbie today. So I drive Debbie to work. I take her to um, Athens. I stopped by McDonald's to pick up Alyssa and I some, some food. And I was going to go pick her up. Well, I get back in my car and crank her, and she doesn't crank. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me, <laughs> Debbie. It was like Debbie knew I bought a car, and she, she was, was like, mad. yeah, she was mad at me. Um, I opened the hood. Sure enough, there was still an engine in there. So I don't know what the trouble was. So I slam it <laughs> shut, and I start, and I go to crank it again. And sure enough, she cranks, but I didn't know she'd crank again. So I had already pretty much agreed with Johnny Lockerbie, uh, the mechanic from our church, that he would buy the car from me. Um, so I take her to, I just take her to her, to his house. And I was like, if you want her, she's yours. If you don't <laughs> tell me, I'll come pick her up, but I don't know why she's dying. Um, turns out he did want her, but he sent me a laundry list text message and I don't remember everything on it. But it needed new tires, needed a brake job, it needed the EGR system was faulty or something like that. Um, oh man, what was the other thing? It needed a new starter, which was the reason it wouldn't start that time. Uh, and I can't remember the other stuff, but it was like a laundry list of things that were terrible in the car. But she's still alive, right? Yeah. I mean, he, she's still being He drives driven. her back and forth to work. I mean, Debbie is Debbie. hanging in there. I tell you, she's a resilient one, but she needs like hip replacement here, knee replacement there, you know. But uh, you can't kill Debbie. You can't kill her as much as some days I would want to. <laughs> but I mean, really, the moral of the story of Debbie is that I want my kids, in some ways, to have a uh, a car like Debbie because Debbie taught me a lot. She taught me a lot of patience. There was the time that I locked my keys in Debbie, mm-hmm. um, but. I learned a lot about cars from her because I had to, frankly. And I learned to pay attention to my car as I was driving because I never knew if it would actually get me there. (laughs) And, you know, it it taught you to uh, not take cars for granted. That's right. Uh, Because, boy, it wasn't for granted. Yeah. But uh, now I have Fiona. She's doing well. And I'm happy to move past that phase of my life. (laughs) I was actually able to trade Johnny Lockerbie's work for the car, so I got out. I think I got out pretty good. I'm gonna mi- actually miss uh, Debbie. 
Why? Just because of all the stories and stuff. You're laughing at her? Yeah. I mean, because I had a truck that was a lot like Debbie. I didn't have him or her, I don't know what you call it, for as long as I had Debbie. But I As mean, long as I had Debbie? As long as you had Debbie. But that thing was a piece of junk. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I mean, I had to replace the entire engine. Really, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean everything that you could think would go wrong. That I mean, the muffler fell out of the bottom while I was driving one time and was dragging on the road. That is awesome. I love that. But <laughs> I, you got like a didn't you get like a thousand or something for it when you traded it in? Yeah, I did. I mean, that's all just yeah. They if they want to sell you a car, they will. Yeah, that's true. They would. Some places, one place I think offered me two hundred and fifty dollars. Two hundred and fifty dollars for crazy. a car. That's crazy. Like one one guy came out there when I was looking at a car he was gonna appraise mine. He was like he pointed at like a small paint chip and he was <laughs> like, What's that? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like looking at the rest of the car. There's paint chips everywhere. <laughs> what why are you pointing out this one? <laughs> what does it matter? I mean they knew that the the oil leaked in mine too. I mean I was straight yeah. up with them. It was like it's a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, they knew mine was too, and they would basically say that. But it wasn't like they were going to work with me at all. And I think some of that's because it was a sedan. You can you can sell a truck for a thousand dollars and it doesn't even have to run. Yeah. You know, so, but anyway, Debbie taught me a lot, and uh, I will not really miss her at all. I'll miss. <laughs> I know you won't, but I will. Yeah, I remember. I, I loved to tell stories about Debbie because they're funny. But uh, what I did like is how she be she created this persona or I guess I created this persona of her, this Deborah Debbie thing. Um, people get a kick out of that. Even like patients, I'll tell her, tell them about Debbie. And, uh, what's really funny to me is when I would go over to the Alexander's house, to spend time with Alyssa, Mr. Lance would sometimes, you know, just be shooting the breeze with me. He's like, so how's Debbie? He would always refer to her as Debbie. One of the last times <laughs> I drove Debbie, my dad goes, are we taking my car or Debbie? <laughs> and I just think that is so funny. And that's exactly what yeah, I want. Yeah, Fiona has not caught on as well yet. Not yet, but I've only had her it, for like a month. It will, but yeah. Debbie just stuck. It was just like the perfect name. It was the perfect name for that car. And, oh, it was good stuff. Good times. Good times indeed. Well, uh, so that is the ode to Debbie. She will not be missed, but boy, she will be remembered. <laughs> All right. Uh, we did have a question that I wanted to raise um, from our Facebook page. This uh, gentleman named Josh Kaleo, is that how you said it? Kalu, I think. Kalu, Kalu, excuse me. Him and another guy, um, a David, I don't remember which one it is, but Jacob David's one of his older brothers, started a uh, podcast. Uh, and it's a spiritual podcast in nature to talk about, you know, um, fighting for the Lord in this, in this world, I think was the, kind of the main thing. And uh, he he wrote on our wall. He messaged me, talking or messaged us on the podcast, talking about his podcast and talking about ours. And then he wrote on our wall, really like the podcast, guys. Quick question for a new podcaster: How do you guys maintain a sense of structure while keeping a casual flow and vibe to the conversation? Thanks for your time. That's a great question, and I think it's that's natural. And I know <laughs> I don't think that we Just do kidding. a good job of that. I but, agree. Uh, yeah, I, but I do think. I think it helps, at least for me, when I try to host it, it helps for me to have an outline to go back to. But you get if it's conversational in nature, you and I just got to have a conversation, man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we got to have some level of structure, but just think of it as a conversation. And that's what people like to listen to. If they can follow the thought processes, 
and they make sense, then I think that you're on the right track. But not that I, I don't really have much experience. I don't feel like I, I'm qualified to answer. We just do it for fun, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it is fun. Uh, but that that's the best way I would, I would answer it. His second question that he raised on our wall, he said, what's your favorite unconventional Disney movie? So unconventional, what I, I guess he means is like unpopular how would you determine how would you define i suppose i think that it's just like not one of the typical disney movies yeah so i, I don't know what i would say i guess maybe old yeller is that a disney movie i think so can somebody look that up caleb <laughs> i think i'm, I'm really 100 percent sure it is i actually don't i think it's like that may be an mgm i think it's disney which is disney they're kind of but they weren't at the time Look at me trying to be a movie I'm buff. Pretty sure it's Disney. Oh, here's here we got an answer from Burr. Walt Disney. Okay. I'm right. Don't question my Disney man. Nineteen fifty seven we get from Caleb. How about that? Old Yellow. That really? is unconventional and I really like that movie. Why do you like that movie? It's 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 a good movie. Like in fact, even lately I've thought about I would really like to watch Old Yellow again. I mean it's it's just it's just a fascinating movie. You know, I'd have you ever seen, you've seen parts of it, I'm sure. Seen I, I, haven't, I haven't seen parts of it. I have seen zero Old Yeller. You need to see it, but it is a, it's got a sad ending. Well, I know how it ends. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I know the ending. I mean, I've I've, been, I've woken up. I've walked outside the house before. Well, how does it end? He dies. How? Well, they shoot him. They have to put Who him Who shoots him? The owner. Which one? The dad. No. No, see, you don't understand Bur- the emotional Bur- tie here. Burr is giving you a stink eye. The dad does not shoot him. It's uh, it's the it's the oldest son. Oh, okay. The, that, then I can see how that would be emotional. And he doesn't like him at first, but then he's like the best dog ever, and he dies, and he and he has rabies because he protects the family from a wolf, and he fights off a wolf. Wow. And then he goes out, and they think that he didn't get he he hadn't contracted it, and because it's been a few weeks, and then he goes out uh, to feed him, and Old Yeller's trying to like bite him, and and the mom's gonna sh- do it for him, and and the and the son's like, no, mom, it's my dog, I'll do it. Wow, is that the line he says? He no, says mom. something like that. He's like, I mean, and he's like emotional. Yeah. It's it's a good movie. That does sound good. Um, I don't think I want to watch it. I don't. I mean, there are few time. There are very few times I want to watch a movie to be emotional. Well, you don't watch it. I mean, it's it's a like it's entertaining. It's got some funny parts and stuff oh, really? like that. So yeah, it's entertaining. I I've always known how it ended, so I've always I don't know. I've never. It's never really appealed to me. He gets a horse at the end. He gets a horse. Yeah, but then he decides. Old Yeller does. No, uh, Travis. <laughs> he's a horse. <laughs> See Old Yeller on the back of a horse. No, see at the beginning of the movie, and I don't know how we're getting on this tangent, but I'm going to do it anyway. Go for at it. At the beginning of the movie, Travis Travis's dad is going away um, on the uh, cattle run. Oh yeah. And Travis wants a horse, and the dad's like, "No, nah, son, you don't need a horse. What a, whatever whatever boy needs is a good dog." <laughs> and uh, I love how you went into an accent. For that's it. how he says it. And uh, Travis, uh, Travis doesn't believe him, and then Old Yeller comes around. Long story. Doesn't like Old Yeller at first, all that, uh-huh. and then he brings back a horse, and he realizes 
my dad was right. I needed a I needed a good dog. And that's when he starts to like Old Yeller. No, I, he, I didn't try he already that. likes. He's already buried Old Yeller at this point. Oh, but I the see. dad sees that he's learned the lesson. I see. I see. Well, that's that sounds like a great tale. Is, is it based it, off a true story? No, no. But you need to watch. It. It's based off a book. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I read the book too. I think in second grade. Wow, Garrett, you are a you are an onion. You have very many layers. Why? I just never would have guessed that. I read it in second grade. I, first of all, I never would have guessed that you would be serious about watching old like Old Yeller would be your favorite unconventional Disney movie. It never would have gone. I don't know Honestly, what I would. That's really the only one I've actually would you consider unconventional that I've seen. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you would consider unconventional exactly, but one of the I don't know lesser popular less popular ones and maybe this is really popular i don't know but i love the emperor's new groove is is that is that i would probably consider that i mean it's not one of the it's not i mean it doesn't have a princess so i feel like it qualifies i love that movie because of you and justin like i i mean i saw it growing up and it was okay but y'all made it so funny it is hilarious movie oh it's so good i need to watch that again i need to watch it with luke yeah my new roommate um Anyway, that's good stuff right there. Thanks, Josh, for those questions. Uh, so, yeah, those would be our answers to that. Before we go, it is that time of year, friend. It is August 29th, and isn't it? Nope, August 30th. And uh, there's a certain thing that happens around this time of year, every year. Fall. Fall does come, and with fall comes a sporting event. And that would World be cool. Series. That would be the World Series. How about them Braves? <laughs> uh, the Red Sox are going to win the World Series. The Red Sox. They're extremely good. Are they extremely good? Yeah. You see, this is how much I care about baseball. I I didn't even know that. Reds, I mean, I mean, I knew that they were they're good. His, but I didn't know they're they potentially good. historically good. They could win, have the most wins of all time. Does that mean that they'll win the national championship? National championship, the World Series. I mean, probably. Golden State Warriors. Baseballs. The, the Warriors did win the. Not that year. Oh, yeah, but typically baseball, I mean, if you have really good pitching, you're going to win the World Series. Why do we start talking about baseball? I hate baseball. Anyway. I don't hate playing it, but good night. Actually, parts of me do hate it. Parts of it. Um, college football starts starts tonight, actually, was the cookoff. And uh, so we, got, we do it every year. What's our predictions? I don't remember what our predictions were last year. I think I said that... Auburn, I think this has been basically my theme the last two years. Auburn would be better than expected, but not good enough to win a national championship or something like that. I was almost wrong. Last year, almost Auburn almost got into that the Final Four, uh, but didn't make it happen. Fell a little bit short, but it's pretty cool to beat your two biggest rivals when they're ranked number one in uh, twice in three weeks. That's, I mean, take away your allegiance. That is super cool. Remind me what my prediction was. Probably that Alabama would win the national championship because that's what you always predict. And what happened? And that happened. Congratulations. That's right. Who won the prediction contest? I did. You did, but you didn't the year before that. No. And I think actually, well, I'd have one to go play back. short. And, I think I, I'd have to go back and listen, but I feel like I said I didn't think Alabama would win it that year. Yeah. I mean, you were off. You, you got about one play. Congratulations. Was I right? You, you were, were right. one play right. What? Yeah, I was. It evens out. <laughs> yeah, it does. All right, so what's going to happen this year? 
Uh, Tua Tongavaloa will lead the greatest offense in University of Alabama football history to an undefeated season. All right. But I don't I don't think he's going to start week one. He's going to start. You think he's going to start week mm-hmm. one? Where do you get that? He's going to start. So you're not going to give any reason? No, for, I, no. I just think that Saban's going to give the better guy the job. But I don't I, – from what I've heard from local radio talk, he's not going to start. That they anticipate Jalen Hurts. That was like the latest report. They expect Jalen Hurts to start. And Jalen Hurts, this is something that I learned. And I learned it from Wes Neighbors, and, you know, he knows all. I learned that Jalen Hurts won one of the scrimmages. He outplayed to That's a not how exactly how I've heard that. I've heard that he had he looked much better than he looked the scrimmage before, but Tua also looked pretty good in that scrimmage. But it was like he looked so bad in one scrimmage, and then he looked really good in the next one. So it was just a dramatic improvement. Okay. Well, according to West Neighbors, like Tua won the first one, and then Jalen won the second one is what I heard. But, you know, this is I'm just reporting. I Don't think, shoot the messenger. I think that Tua is the level of quarterback of a Johnny Manziel, Cam Newton type. I'm not kidding when I say that. And you say, you might laugh, but we're talking about a guy that was a five-star, number one pro style out of high school. I mean, he should be expected to be really good. And in the times that he's played, he's looked the part. And I just – and I – you know, you know me. I mean, Jeremy, like I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan, and I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of ability, but I just – really think Tua is a special player well I think I'll I'll give my two cents and then I'll give my prediction for the year I think that Tua definitely has immense amount of talent and immense amount of potential but much like Johnny Manziel he has the capability to throw games away in ways that I don't think Alabama's had because he has such a good arm and such good accuracy, he's he tries to put it in places. And you saw some of this last that's, year. That's probably fair. I can agree that he's a gunslinger. He is a yeah. He's he's kind of a Brett Favre type style, and uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. I don't know the one Eisman, just being honest with you. But if he does, I'll be happy for you, you specifically, <laughs> but nothing else. But uh, I think I actually do think Jalen will start because I think that. To be honest with you, I think that Nick Saban has – I think Jalen has his heartstrings or something. It's weird it, the way – It is kind of strange, like, that it's even a consideration, to be honest with you. But I'm not Amen. sure it actually is a consideration. I, it, one thing that I've learned from watching Nick Saban since he's been here, and especially when there's a quarterback controversy, is like, you don't – like, he he's not really honest <laughs> with the media about – Oh, no. I remember uh, two years ago when Jalen – was going to take over the week yeah. before he said that it was going to be uh Blake Barnett and Cooper Bateman. Yeah. And like Cooper Bateman didn't even play in the first game barely. It was it was Blake Barnett and then Jalen came in and didn't come back out but yeah. for most of the game. So Yeah, that's true. I would I think that that's a possibility. After the national championship, I don't know how there's a competition to be honest with uh, you. Yeah. But sure enough there I mean, it's not just a comp <laughs> I don't know that you have to say that there's a competition. I don't know if he's he's probably in his mind, you know, obviously he knows who's going to start and all that kind of thing, but um I would be shocked 
I'm just shocked that there is a competition, but we know there is one. I mean, if Wes Neighbors goes out and he says that Jalen Hurts won, whether you think he did or not, he won a scrimmage. I mean, that's enough of a competition there that that he's even put in that position to win a scrimmage, even yeah. if he didn't. You yeah. Know? I mean, Tua, I will say this. In the depth chart that came out this week, he was listed as the first. So he had him as Tua, Tungvalo, and then slash or, Jalen Hurts. But – Normally under Saban, that first guy has been the one that takes the first snap and has always been the one that's won the job in the end. Okay. So gotcha. Well, um, anyway, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting topic, but this is what I'll say. I've never seen a team have a quarterback controversy to start the year. Unless I'm forgetting somebody. I've never seen a team do that and win a national championship. Am I forgetting somebody? Quarterback mm, controversy. Alabama. 2011, Philip Sims versus A.J. McCarron. I don't think that that was really a – that was not to this level for sure. Well, I mean, you, cause, well, it's because you didn't have Jalen Hurts, who has started and played well in so many games, but it was A.J. McCarron, four-star from Alabama versus Philip Sims, four-star, who was actually rated higher. It was a pretty big controversy, but they won the national championship that year. D- did – Philip Sims play? Yes. He split the first three series of the first game. And then it was AJ yeah. the rest of the way? Yeah, he threw three picks, so or a couple picks. So gotcha. But it was it was evenly split that okay. game. Interesting. Well then I, I I stand corrected, but it is I will say it's at least uncommon. What about two thousand seven L S U with Ron Paraloo and uh That wasn't a quarterback controversy. They used two quarterbacks. I mean, like they used Paraloo and Short, like that's the same thing with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. I don't know, but did Perry run? I mean, he threw. Yeah. He seemed to throw the ball pretty well. I think he was primarily I don't a runner. Remember. Your LSU recall hasn't been great today. Yeah. Established. So, <laughs> anyway, um, my prediction for the year is that Alabama will be good and will be in the hunt because of their schedule. But I think that they are a little bit overrated right now, at least because of the fact that there's no ex- there is. Not no experience, but there's a lot less experience than there has been in uh, past years. And what last year, y'all had like the most experience y'all had in a long time. Am I wrong? Y'all had a lot of experience, especially on defense. Yeah. Well, I am concerned about the secondary for sure because they're so yeah. young. Um, but uh, I think that they'll be good. I think Auburn has the talent to really compete. I think that we have that it really puts us at a disadvantage that we have such a hard schedule. Um, that but you know you just play who who puts who's put on your schedule. It's just the way it goes. Um, but then, I think it helps us that we have a great quarterback coming back. Obviously, it hurts us that we don't know how good the offensive line and how good the running back will be. Yeah. But um, the defense the defense is going to keep us in every game we play. I feel like. And having a quarterback that can sling it and wide receivers that are experienced and good. I mean, when has Auburn ever had good ex- good experience wide receivers? 2004? See, I thought that Auburn had some injuries at receiver. And- they have two, but that, that's two of their five guys. And then they they have all four freshmen. Like, that has been, like, the one thing from fall camp. The freshman wide receivers that they brought in in this year's recruiting class, all four are going to play this year. All four are that talented. So – I mean, they've got some inexperience, some speed, but then you know their their main guys that they'll put on the field, they'll be good. And those two that got hurt, 
they're expected to be back this season, yeah. which is amazing for an ACL. Yeah, ACL injuries. But they're both speed. they're both on the uh, on the path to come back. So yeah, I think Auburn's a pretty pretty talented team. Um, it's they're interesting to me objectively because they've got like super talented quarterback. Um, they've got a really really probably the best defensive line in the SEC. Um, and some talented skill players, but you know, then you look at their offensive line. It's kind of you don't know what's going to happen there. The secondary's kind of like Alabama and pretty young. Um, and the schedule stuff you have to go to Georgia and to Alabama, but I think Auburn um, is always a momentum team. Yep. So if they get hot, I mean, they, I feel like they're talented enough to play with anybody and beat anybody. But if you drop a game. I could see him going eight and four. I mean, I could see him being eleven, you know, twelve and zero to eight and four. So yeah, I I can see both of those things too. So I think it will depend on how well they've coached uh, this fall, as it usually does. But I think it's going to be a really fun year. I really do, and uh, I'm looking forward to the the kickoff game where we play a really great opponent. Yeah, that's going to be an, a great. I'm really looking forward to that game. It's going to be a good one. I guess you're pulling. Are you pulling for Washington? Yes. You are. You are right. I mean, I don't blame you. Are you for pulling that. for Louisville? Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, not. I, I mean, I'll probably be watching. If you're watching that game at the Alexanders, I'll probably be watching it with you. I don't know if you are or not, but mm. no. Well, then, regardless, even if I was, I mean, I would. I'm a good fan. I'm. I'm nice. I hope. You are. I watched the national championship with you, and I kept my mouth shut. So. Yeah, and I know you were jumping for joint inside. It was. That was a Clemson national championship, not right, the right, 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 Georgia. right. Anyway, uh, so exciting things, lots of life changes. Goodbye to Debbie. And that's pretty much what we learned in this podcast. We really want to thank you for listening. We want to thank our team of great people that help us with this show. We want to thank Katie for her help with the, the music, as well as Kevin. We want to thank Caleb for being an awesome producer. Joshua, who just returned back to college for being an assistant producer. Bye, as, Joshua. As well as Corbin, and he just returned to school as well, being our graphic, head graphic designer. Thank you, Justin, for being our head voiceover artist. And I want to thank you, buddy, for doing this with me and to the listener who listens to the show, looks forward to the show. We really appreciate y'all. Uh, with that, that closes the book on another episode of the Upside Up podcast. Are you living a life that is focused on the life ahead or focused on the life in front of you? Thank you for listening and live upside up. Thanks for listening. Leave a comment on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter. Jeremy. I don't really hear it. Are we going to talk about football? Yes, we will talk about football. Are we going to talk about basketball? No. We're going to talk about baseball? No. Why? Crocheting? I mean, it could come up. Racquetball? Oh, brother. Can you do physical therapy on blisters? No. It's a separation from the outer layer of the skin from the inner layer of the skin where fluid... Oh, really? Yeah, That's and fluid fills the area. I thought it was just a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> my, po- my point is, Gus Malzahn. I spent Saturday with Caleb cleaning Fiona. We did a clay rub. Did you pay him? Did you pay Caleb? No, nobody. You should have. My, po- my point is, Gus Malzahn. Texas A&M has not started. They don't start till 7.30. Oh, wow. That's Who cares? Like, They're 48-point favorites. I know, but it's Jimbo. I don't like Jimbo. My, po- my point is Gus Malzahn. It's hard to, hard to analyze. I mean, I thought Jalen Hurts would be a Heisman Trophy contender by now. Yeah, we probably got that in audio somewhere. 
Yeah, but I thought he would be. Yeah, but I thought he would be. Good defense. I was just wrong. My, po- my point is Gus Malzahn. <laughs>